change, they want me to change, but I ain't changing, nah, I remain the same. And you are now tuned in to another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio, brought to you by M3S3 Clothing, Men Make Moves and Suckers Stand Still, and as always, on the mighty, 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 mighty Nerve DJ's Radio Network, you already know, every week, it doesn't change. I only fuck with legends, and today is absolutely no exception. We got Cleveland's own, Cleveland finest, one half of the legendary group Minute Large, one of the dopest motherfuckers to ever walk the planet, and one of the best voices in the history of vocal cords, Mr. Dave Tolliver. How you doing, King? God damn, good looking out. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I, I love that. I love that intro. You, and you're right about everything you said. So thank you. I appreciate that. You know, Midwest all day. Midwest is all, all good, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Oh, no doubt, man. Uh, where, where about in Cleveland you grew up at? Uh, Lee Harbor, Southside. Um, I grew up on a street called East 176, right off Tarkington. Um, man, I think me, Brains, uh, MC Chill. Uh, cats like that, if you know the names, I know you know MC Brains. We all grew up in the in the same way. MC Chill was uh, a Cleveland hip hop first dude to ever get a, a national rap deal out the city. First dude to ever get his records played on uh, New York stations when they wasn't playing uh, new, uh, other people outside of New York. Yeah, so Cleveland got history. Two one six the land, baby. You ain't talking about K Chill, are you? No, I'm talking about MC Chill. I know oh, who K Chill yeah. is too. Yeah, K Chill is my guy. Uh, uh, shout out yo. Nerve DJs. Oh, absolutely. Shout out to Nerve DJs. It just had their 20th anniversary. It was fun. I missed it. I'm too. pissed, too. I'm pissed. Yeah. Because they, they gave out an award. Uh, it was the Lynn Tolliver Humanitarian Award. And that's my dad. I wasn't able to be there because um, I was in a play in D.C. And I was supposed to get an award that night. And I, I said, John, where my award? He said, man, I ain't even make it up. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> And and he got like this QR code because he's been in radio since '69, and, and it's this uh, the little code on there. And he had this famous uh, closing. It said, "Believe in God because God is love. Love is what the world needs right now. There's nothing guaranteed but birth, the beginning, death. There's a but. And if you scan that, it plays it. And one of these other guys I know got and he, I was on his TikTok and he played it for me and it, and it and it fucked me up. But yeah, man, we lost him last year. Yep. Damn, I didn't so know I like that. That he was your pops. Mm-hmm. Yo, and I was actually watching uh, the Player T show earlier mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. Just checking out, checking out that interview. I watched a couple actually. I watched that one, the Love to Laugh podcast. That I don't know the brother's name, but like the, the research he did on you was just fucking like. I, oh, I the wanna... one I the one I just did last week. No, no, this was like two years ago. Yeah, man. And... You know, sometimes I'm lazy when it comes to that. Like. When, when I do interviews with cats, like, I, sometimes I know who it is, sometimes I won't. I just like going off the cuff. But it's, uh, for me, it, it, it's, it's because some people forget, man. And I know my my work of, of uh, my work or my body of work is not as big as a, a Jodeci or a Boys the Men or, you know, even a Silk. But for people to deep into that, dig into your research like that and to know who you are outside of the group, man, it, uh, it, it it ignites it it, it 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 starts some shit for you, man. It uh, it starts to um, make you start to be like you're starting that engine back even even harder than you're going now. You know what I mean? So yeah, man, I love that. So all right, so you guys put out the first album in '92. Mm-hmm. The best change in your life since that first album, and something you wish you could go back. The best change. Yeah. And something I wish I can go back. Okay. Uh, I, I tell you the the one thing. I think the only regret I have about my career is us leaving Gerald. Like all the other groups got dropped. Mm-hmm. And what we didn't know is the plans that they had for us. Um, you know, uh, at, at his funeral, his dad, the pops came to me, said, he said, man, he said, shit, man. I was just talking to Gerald. We got back. He said, man. If they didn't care about the money so much, man, they could have been huge. They could have been way bigger than they were. But it's like when you see everybody else eating, like mm-hmm. what else you going to think about? Like we was on the fry machine and everybody else was getting promotions and riding around and fresh shit. But as you learn the business, 
you know that those that pay for the shit own the shit and they got the shit so you got to get to the shit to get the shit that they got <laughs> you know what i mean and but um the thing that has changed is that i've become a monster of an artist uh i think that's the biggest change for me uh starting off man i used to be so scared of, to be in the studio with gerald and I don't know why, because we'd be out at shows and doing stuff, killing, and then when we start recording with Gerald, man, if you hear anything that I did from my first album in 92, all the way up until now, anything that I do, you'll be like, who is that? <laughs> mm. You know, but uh, yeah, man, you'll be like, who is that? Because I'm vain, man. I'm, I'm very in love with myself. Just keeping it a buck. I'm very in love with me. Um, and we used to do shows. And they'd be like, oh, man, y'all had a cold-ass show, man. Jay, your vocals is crazy. And I used to be like, yeah, I was singing, too, in my head. And I was like, yo, I'm, <laughs> I'm about to get my props. And and that that started to cause friction in the group, too. Really? You know? Oh, hell yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, my, my little brother was, um, he was, you know, used to being the center of attention. And and then when I started getting some of that, that, that middle piece of the pie, you know, that middle piece, it, it, it started to become a problem because I was advancing and getting better and better. And he was, you know, kind, it was kind of like he was already at, I don't want to say he was at his apex, but he was already at the top of the game. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, you, you, it's like having kids, you know, a kid that's, you know, been doing something for a long time. And then here comes the kid and you don't expect him to be able to do that. And then, wow, you came home with straight A's. Oh my God, we got to take you out. We got to do this. We got to do that. And the other kid's like, uh, I get straight A's every time, and you like, uh, yeah, but he never has. So let's let's we're gonna take him out. You'll be all right. Yeah, it was like that, and you get pissed. Yeah, I feel you. I, I actually I feel him on that one because I I kind of understand that shit too. Yeah, yeah. You know, you almost get punished for for your greatness. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. So when did y'all meet Gerald Levert? And, and matter of fact, two more questions. When did y'all meet him? And what's your, just just the memory that you cherish the most with him? Man, we gonna do that today, huh? Yeah. I, uh, I, I met Gerald at a young age. I met Gerald when I was like 12, man. You know, my mother, uh, well, first, you know, my pops and his dad were really cool. You know, mm -hmm. my pops played, was the first place in the first person to play Sarah Smile. He broke the OJ's records. He broke the LeVert record. I mean, he played, so many records when he passed away, like it was things that I didn't know that they used to companies, record companies and radio stations used to fly people in just to hear what he was doing, how he was programming so they could implement what he did on their stations or they could, you know, make sure that they got the right records to him so that they would play him, you know, from like the, the early 80s to the late 90s. Get mm -hmm. You had the only way to get that top record, you had to go through Cleveland and go through him. Um, so... Uh, that right there one, but my mom, she worked at this record store. She worked for the government for 19 years before she passed away. Okay. Uh, she worked at this record store called Fillmore East, which later turned into Joy of Music. And uh, Gerald lived um, probably like about three or four miles of that down the street in Shaker Heights. Everybody in the entertainment business that's from Cleveland is from Shaker Heights, just about Shaker Heights, Collinwood, you know, <laughs> or down the way. And, um, you know, Back then, all the entertainers had to go to the black mom and pops, man. I remember having to go to, was it, Northland Mall all the time. It was some record store out there and some other mom and pop. Uh, J, was it JT's or something in, in Detroit? Well, anyway. No you know, it's crazy. I'm sorry to break to cut you off. I, I grew up very close to Northland. Like, we used yeah. to walk there every weekend. I live in Cleveland now, but I grew up in Detroit. And, yo, like, Northland was the... the, the Man, oh, listen, right there. every time every time we came <laughs> to Detroit, you know, Gerald, like, I got so much family up there. There's a lot of Tolliver's up in Detroit that, you know, Tolliver's, um, I can Scruggs, uh, I got a bunch, I got a bunch of family. A lot of them were cops. I got a lot of family up there. And uh, I always came to Detroit, but the different side of Detroit, Gerald showed us. And we would go and we would, he would let us take his truck and we would truck and we would go to Belle Isle Park and pick up girls and we... <laughs> Look, hey man, hey, and then we go to Shane Park to see his shows, or I think it was um, is it something called the music music hall there or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We there, got a music hall. Wherever he was, and he probably yeah. had uh, shows. At, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Shane Park, I think it's the uh, it's the Aretha now. 
Yeah, he he was the king of Shane Parker, Karina, and then uh, he would always bring us to Detroit with him. You, one of us, or both of them, we would stay at the Anthenium, go to Fish Bones. Man, I remember we used to hang out with Derek Coleman out there all the time. Um, so you know, you had to go to these record stores, mm-hmm. and it was Luther Vandross, Whitney Houston, like all of them in their prime. They had to go to these black retailers because if you didn't go, then they wouldn't buy your records from the uh, the one stops or the distributors. So I would see he was very cool with the owner there and he was very cool with my mom. She worked there part time on the weekends uh, and she was cool with everybody. You know, everybody came in there, man. Curtis Blow, Skip Martin, everybody. Um, And that's how I met Gerald. But I didn't, you know, that's when his career really started to take off. I was like 12, so I had to make him like 16. Mm -hmm. He was they did all the concerts in the park. Then he did the little independent record. And then I didn't see him again. That was like 82, 83. And my next recollection was of him at a, at a party in 86. That's when I started doing radio. And one of the DJs was a singer. And this is how he discovered us. We we sang for him at this after party. And that was 86. He said, yo, I'm going to hook y'all. I'm going to hook y'all up. We didn't see him again for till like 89. Then he saw me with Johnny O. <laughs> coming out of this uh, recording studio where me and my other little homie was dancing for Johnny O back in the day when they had Johnny O and the Sorcerer crew. And he was like, yo, I got this idea for three big dudes. You didn't ask for that story yet. So that's how I met Gerald. And then what was the other question? I'm old, man. Give me the other You old. Have you you seen this, bro? It's all right, though. That's all right. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was was saying your, 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 your favorite memory with him. Man, it's so many, man. It's so many memories with Gerald, man. I don't know if I could just pinpoint one. I just think my favorite memories with him were going to his shows or opening up for him on tour and then waiting for that moment when he was on stage doing Baby, I'm Ready. And he would do like this. He'd be standing there and they'd be going crazy. He'd doing this. And he would look over to the side and go, that meant for me and Jason to come out and get some of this mic. Oh, my God, man. That, those are my, but just, just being with him, man, because it was always a good time, man. Even in the studio when, like, he was very abusive in the studio. If you wasn't doing it right, because back then it costed a boatload of money. And if you was messing up, he was like, bitch, what the fuck you doing? Man, get the fuck out of there. You go in, you go in. I used to be like, oh, nobody ever talked to me like that. I'm grown. <laughs> you know, Jason was still a teenager. I was like 20. 21 i was like like because i looked at him as honestly i really didn't even realize who i was sitting in the room with man i didn't i didn't realize who i was sitting in the room with all that time i just took it for granted this my man g you know what i'm saying this gerald avert i didn't i didn't i didn't man i didn't realize the greatness that that i was around until basically it was too late man Mm. but yeah man i hate that shit I, think I hate a lot that. of us are like that, bro. It's not just you. Yeah, I hate that, man. And uh, you know, uh, I, I just know there's so many groups out there that have mentors that put them on that they're maybe they have don't even have the body work we have, but not even as good as we are, but are able to tour because or or and have great touring uh, um, uh, booking booking because their mentors that put them on are still in the game or still here. Man, I know for a fact if Gerald was still here, man, it would be something awful. As mature as both of them has gotten with our stage, oh my God, me, him, and uh, and Joe Little from the Rule Boys, and and, and I, I just think sometimes the 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 tour of events that happen in life affect the paradigm of everybody else being here too. Yeah, like I, I feel like if my mom was still here, my sister wouldn't be gone. You you, you get what I'm saying? Because she would have had that person. To stay. If Gerald was was still been here, then we still might have Larry Marcus from the Rude Boys or Buddy Banks. You, you I can't call it. That's not my call. But you know, things would saying. be different. You know what I mean? So yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, that, sometimes that that the, the piece on the chessboard is 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 the queen. And when the queen, you know, you lose the queen, you still got pieces, but they ain't they ain't moving the same. Yeah, no doubt. My daughter just walked in. She a senior this year. She wilding. It, it seemed like it seemed like she following. It seemed like she following in my footsteps, man. I, I didn't I didn't plan it that way, but 
You know, I support whatever she wants to do. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't get my college degree till I was like 48. And I was like, what am I doing with this shit now? But I just did it just to show my kids, like, it's never too late for, for any. Mm -hmm. It's never too late. And, uh, you know, she's a, like, she's a, a thriving senior in high school. Um, she is the leader of this music academy that they built and made her the face of because she beat up on these kids in this musical competition when she was 12. And uh, now she's getting ready to graduate high school. And um, we've been taking her on these these tours, you know, Middle Tennessee State, Howard. Uh, we're going to go to Diller. We've been to Oakwood. Is it a music college in Detroit? <laughs> no, but if I remember correctly, there's one I want to say in Boston. Yeah, Berkeley. We going there. We going. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have no, that's her top choice. So, you know, daddy got to get out here and make some more records. If I got to sell some booty. <laughs> Not backwards either. I'm talking about, you know, serve a lady. I, I get what you said. Yeah, Yo, but I, interv right. I interviewed a, a, a young sister, um, singer, who actually, yeah. who went to Berkeley. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah, she actually, she lives in Philly now. But she she, she thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I think, you know, like like an education, if it's something that you like, is it's not... You know, it's, it's like if you if you if you love your job, then it's not work. If you love your yeah. education, then it's it's not really hard because you're into it. Yeah. You know, so it is what it is. And she's so, gonna she's gonna do what she wanna do regardless. She already told us that, and and I support her because you know once once you get out there, it's on you. I, I can't. I, I have daughters, bro. I understand. Yeah, man. It's it's been a it's been a, a rough last four five years, but she's everything, man. She is, and uh. Girl dad. I've been a girl dad for they start talking about that with, with Kobe. So, yeah. <laughs> so, at what point, okay, so, you know, the first album is done. Um, Y'all on. Life is good. But at what point did you feel like, you know what, okay, I'm in my zone now? Shit, man. I guess it all happened so fast, man. Um, the, I think the first time, and even though we had the power in Cleveland with my dad, the first time that Jason and I heard Use Me, which was our first record on the radio, mm -hmm. man, we just stopped, pulled over. We was in front of my house. We just stopped, pulled over and, and started crying. I know my mom had, had just passed right before we, right after we signed the contract, she died two two months later. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, man, and that's going to be in my book. <laughs> and um we just was like, damn, we, we finally here. And you know what's crazy? His dad died nine months after that. So, uh, yeah, man, that's when that's when we knew we had made it, man. And at home, they was like closing down. This was in the infantile stages of the single being, you know, that big. They did a video really fast, and it was on. Mm. You know, what was, what's that thing in in Detroit? The box or whatever it yep. was. It was the box. And they was playing that and so along like crazy on that box in Detroit. And, and but it was on BT like crazy. The first single was blowing up so fast. We we're the only group to ever do a jingle for BT. You know to use me, use me. The, the song you, it go BT, BT. No, 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 I know. Rita, yeah. Rita literally sent me that video. Uh, I don't know, maybe half an hour ago. I love. She's like, man. that's my mama with uh with the BT jacket on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, Karita and Montez. Yo, man, uh, they 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 gave us special treatment at BET, man. I've been knowing them for, I guess it's 32 years now, since 92, since we came out. Like, I mean, it happened so fast, man. And we didn't know what the hell we were doing, man. We just, we were just having fun, man, and enjoying, enjoying the fruits of the land. Yeah, okay. And, and I, I, it was, you know, I watched a few of your interviews. And uh, you was telling the story of Naughty by Nature trying to jump on y'all. <laughs> I need stories like that, bro. So the second single was called You Me. And like I was watching the Hip Hop Awards last night and I'm like, damn, I wish we had a rap instead of saying. Because the crazy thing was we were going to do an album called The Big Draws Posse. Like all the times we were on Arsenio, they kept talking about it. He was like, Chunky A is going to do a verse on the, the big draws possible because Gerald was talking about it. Like we've been on the pit. We performed on there. We did like this skit. I'm trying to find all the footage. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's this song called You Me. And I'm like, I want to rap. Like I want to rap more than I want to sing. I thought I was Prodigy from Mob Deep. 
And so it's a part on the song that goes, I ain't down with OPP because there's HIV and all I want it to be is just you and me. So at this time, these cats, it was so many songs because OPP was so huge. They was beating up people for saying anything about OPP that wasn't towards, <laughs> they, they tried to, uh, he was like, we beat up YZ, the real Roxanne, somebody, this person, that, that, that. So what happened was we went to New York to do the Un Good video. This was the third, third single off the album. We got five singles off that album. That's unheard of for a new group. Um, and we in New York, and when we get there, we go do Wendy Williams, and she like, yo, Naughty by Nature was up here calling y'all fat this, fat that. And I'm like, what, yo? Like we we like we was like fans, like crazy. I had just parked my truck at the airport with the Naughty by Nature tape in there. That's how much I love Tretch and Naughty by Nature. And so we get there and we hear that Salt and Pepper is doing a party that night. The story good, big. Just get ready. So Jason was like, he was always like, God's trying to tell us something. We shouldn't do this. God's trying to tell us, God's saying something. I was like, man, listen, nigga. I'm about to go out and get me some men. I'm going to go, you know what I'm saying? That's what I was on. Yeah. Um, so the the after we shot the video, we went back to the hotel, and uh, Gerald had another group called One of the Girls. They were most of them were basically underage, so they couldn't go out with us to the club. But that club that Salt and Pepper had in that movie is Sharkies or whatever it's called. That's where we went that night. And everybody that's anybody is in there. Now, you know, Wendy Williams, that's, you know, we went to her show that morning. That's who hyped up everything. Mm -hmm. She was there doing a remote. And, and you know, you know, we went on there and we was like, man, we fans and all that. We love y'all. Da, 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 da. So that night I was like, yo, I'm going to the club because I know it's going to be some blah, 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 man. I want some blah, blah, blah. We got to that club, man. First of all, the Atlantic Records sent us a car. The first, now mind you, me, Jason and my role manager, all the same size. The role manager was bigger than us, though. Mm -hmm. Then me, then Jason. Then we had our background singer. He was a little dude. The first car came. We got in that mud. He pulled off. He said, boom. The shots went out or the, or the, or the actual broke. <laughs> Jason said, see, I, I think that's God. And the reason why he wanted to stay, because he still was a teenager, he was messing with one of the girls from the other group, so he was about to get his shit off. And I was like, man, look, you stay here because you got in-house, dog. I'm, I'm going to go, you know what I mean? The second car came. We got in that joint. We drove not 10 feet. Boom. The shocks or the actual broken that one again. I'm trying to tell you. God's trying to tell us something, man. We need to stay here. I was like, man, fuck that. You stay here with God, nigga. I'm going to the club. <laughs> I, that, those are my words exactly. So... He was, you know, he, we got, we go, we get to the club. It's packed. Anybody in hip hop you could think of, KRS, uh, Kid Play, Salt and Pepper in there, uh, Kenny Anderson is in there. Man, everybody in there. The first person I see when we walk back and go do an interview with Wendy Williams is Vinny. I walk over to Vinny. I was like, yo, what's up, man? I was like, what's good? You know, you this right, you do this. What's, what's up, man, y'all? We heard y'all distance on the radio. I was like, man, we fans, we love y'all. I took the front on it because I'm the big mm -hmm. brother. I took the front. And he was like, yo, I, I was like, man, why, why? He was like, man, yo, we took that as a diss, man. I looked at him. I said, how could you take that as a diss? He was like, man, you know, we we all, all this is a competition, this, that, and the third. I was like, I said, so if a comedian had said the same thing, would it be? He said, that's different. This, that's comedy. This is music. I, I can't even remember what he said. But he said, we took that as a diss because it, it was like, it was kind of saying like we was competing and we was blocking by saying whatever what he said. So I was like, man, we love y'all, man. We don't want no problems with y'all, man. So we pounded like this, right? And then later, like we started doing these interviews for this latest album. Jason told me that he gave me the, the Bishop look like in Juice. He was like, when he, when he hugged me. I'm like, why you didn't tell me that till 30 years later, nigga? So we walk over there, we do our little interview. I mean, man, everybody, LL is in, man, everybody is in here. So I'm excited because I'm a hip hop dude. I'm I'm a hip, like I'm a hip hop dude. I'm so disgusted with hip hop right now, but I'm a hip hop dude. So we walk out and I see DJ Wiz who came and plays DJ. And you know you can see Tretch from a mile away. He in there with his stuff on, his arms out. And I'm like, I go, Tretch, what's good? He's like, yo, man, them shit. He turned around. He was like, hey, yeah. real quick like that. He walks off and all I hear is, 
So I ain't really paying no attention. I was like, well, F it. So I'm, I'm playing video games. We video, we was uh, arcade junkies. And a uh, role manager went outside because he had called the car. And he was like, yo, the car outside. And I was like, hold up, I'm almost finished. Come on, man, the car outside. So we start going outside. And um, it's this big, like, seven-foot-tall muscular dude that worked with Lionel Martin and all these cats uh, with the video sets. And he had worked on our video. Mm-hmm. And I hear Tretch coming out. He's like, yo, his name was Beast. Tretch was like, yo, man, fuck them niggas, Beast. You family, but, man, yo, fuck them niggas, man. And he walked out the club. And he must have told everybody in the club that either he was coming to punk us or he was coming out there to whoop our ass. He walked out that club and it was like 30 or 40 niggas behind him, dog. I'm like, uh-oh, my stomach said boom, boom, boom. <laughs> so he walking up with the heart of a lion. Yo, fuck y'all this, fuck y'all that. And I'm standing in front, and my role manager kept getting in front of me. I give him love for that for forever. He kept getting in front, trying to block me just in case dude was going to swing on me or whatever. He was like, yo, F this, F y'all, F that. I was like, come on, man. I said, man, look, we love y'all, man. We fans, man. We don't want no beef with y'all. I said, I mean, y'all my, you're your favorite. Man, I don't give up about that. He was like, yo. He was like, fuck LeBert. Fuck the OEA. Fuck y'all. Man, I'm ready to fuck y'all niggas up right now. He said, we fucked up YZ. We did this to so-and-so real Roxanne. And I'm getting ready to fuck y'all up. And the car came by and it went past. And I said, oh, shit. I'm like, so I look at my man and I'm like, me and him could possibly take him. But I said, because then I was impressed. I was fat, but we was we hooped all the time. We ran. We was doing all kind all the time. But I was like, if we beat his ass, then we got all of New York. We got a fight too coming out this club. So we kept going back and forth. And he was like, man, y'all niggas better get the F out of here before I go to the car and get my shit. At that time, that had to be God because the car pulled back up. We got back in and got out of there. The next day on the radio on Wendy Williams show, she was like, Tretch ran men at large out of New York. But the here go the crazy part. That one beef blew the Budweiser Superfest tours for us because Al Heyman was like, yo, he out there out here with guns and he doing this and doing that. It just wouldn't be safe for the guys out here. Uh, we had a show with him that Saturday uh, doing them in school jams with the Charlotte Hornets. And he was a smart dude. So I'm thinking either it was a put on or he was just smart because they put extra security on us in Charlotte because they couldn't cancel. And, and I, so I said, well, I'm going to play hard and see what happened. So I walked past him like this and looking down like this, and he ain't saying nothing. I said, okay, what, what is this? So then two years later, I saw him in Atlanta at this club that Puffy was throwing. Mm-hmm. And I walked over to him, and I'm, I'm going to give you another conclusion to it, too. I said, hey, man. I said, man, what the fuck? He was like, yo, man, I'm as a man, I got to apologize to you, man. I'm sorry. You know, we were straight out the hood, man. We ain't know nothing about being celebrities and stars and this, that, and the third, and blah, 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 blah. So, you know, he out on that new Jack City tour. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, I want to see Tretch and see what's good, see if he remember that. So my guy uh, was doing sound for the tour, and he went to his room, and he and he got him on FaceTime for me. I was like, what up, bro? He's like, yo, what up, bro, bro? I'm like, what's happening? He said, what's good? I said, man, it's Dave from Men at Large. You don't remember me? He was like. No, I can't even recall, bruh, bruh. He kept saying, bruh, bruh. And I'm like, man, you used to want to whoop my ass back in the day. He was like, bruh, bruh, I don't don't even know, bruh, bruh. I was like, all right, man. Well, I just wanted to tell you I love you, man. And, and, you know, man, I'm happy for you. Much more success to you, man. All right, all right, bruh, bruh. And that was it. That's funny, ain't it? That's crazy. Yo, but, yeah. He didn't even remember it 30 years later. Unless I don't know if I'm nice as you are, bro. Right? Huh? I'm, I'm, I think I'm a little bit more. I don't think I would. Oh, man. I just, man, that would have been a no-win situation for us in New York. Yeah, in New York, but I wouldn't. And, have, and they God. came to Cleveland, and I had all my niggas with me. And they and, and they came, and they was there, and they were shouting out Mob Deep and Bone Thugs and Harmony. We was backstage. And... My, my one of my little my homies Fouché, he a thug to his heart, a, a thug thug. Like, 
and he be talking about Crip now, and I be like, man, when were you a Crip? And he like 40, almost 50, if he ain't 50. Yeah, he ain't 50 yet, but I had I used to hang around some cats that would do anything for me, and mm-hmm. it, it could have been on site in the city, but I was like, nah, don't do nothing. This was like right after, and I was like, nah, don't, don't do it. My grandmother used to always be like, baby, don't put that man's blood on your hand. And every time I'm great getting something, I always thought about her, man, and her talking that, you know. So I kept myself out of trouble because I mean, who knows? I didn't, I didn't, I only carried a gun in my life a couple times, you know, and um, I didn't have it on me that night. And so, you know, anything could have happened. Like Al said, they was carrying all kinds of semi-automatic weapons, automatic weapons. And it'd have been bad for us out there, you know. But then yeah. I, that's how I found out how strong my brotherhood was with Silk and Shy, because they was like, "Man, let me tell you something. Like, if you know, especially Big Jimmy Gates from Silk, he a big corn fed dude. He was like, man, it would have been on site. We family, you know. So you just you never know, and you know you don't want to put nobody else in harm's way because of yeah of, of your stuff. So I just I just avoided it, man. You know, and I'm here. I'm still here. Anything could have happened. All right, so y'all go through all of that. Minute Large finally decides, you know what, we're going to break up. I heard the story about on the bus when Jason starts giving the sermon and it, <laughs> it, the wrong time. But my, Man, my question was, is, how long did y'all like stop talking? Ah, uh, man. And what so, was the first conversation like to get y'all back together? De- Detroit is, is, is one of the reasons why we broke up. That's, I, I can get, that's another story. So, um, we talked, we didn't like, we didn't stop talking because of the group stuff. Mm-hmm. We stopped talking because he got mad at me basically over something I said about his wife to be at the time. And I ended up being right. So the crazy thing is put it this way. She was like a salt shaker. Everybody was passing around already. I had got her a job working with Gerald doing backgrounds. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't come to Detroit one time and somebody called me and told me they was messed around on Lake Pontchartrain. <laughs> yeah, that hotel by Lake Pont. I don't know if it's still there, but uh, yeah. Well, I know what so, you're talking about. You don't know what I'm talking about? No, I do. Okay, yeah. And so uh, he called me and was like, you know, um, I'm getting married. I'm like, what? This is when we stopped talking. I was like, what? Really? I said, you beat me, little bro. That's dope. I'm happy for you. And he told me who it was. And I was like, what? I said, you want to hear my exact words, what I said? Or you want me to paraphrase? No, tell me. I said, what? I said, nigga, I can't believe you about to marry that bitch. He didn't talk to me for over 10 years. And he told her what I said. So uh, because of that, our relationship, with the ties were severely separated. He wasn't allowed to communicate with me. Our kids don't have relationships, you know, but uh, we back. We we back cool. You know, my daughter called him Uncle Pap Schmear. Um, that's a nickname I got for him. She called him Uncle Pap Schmear. Uh, you know, I don't really know the relationship with his family, but, you know, uh, when his son is online, he calls me, what up, Unc, and different stuff like that. But, you know. It is what it is. You know, uh, life goes on. And, and the things that afflict you in your life, if they really do afflict you, you work them out or you don't. That, it's just that simple. You, 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 you have to put your best foot forward to work it out. And if you don't, then, then that's on you. But if it really bothers you and you don't resolve it or at least try to, it's going to eat at you for the rest of your life, man. So what was it that brought y'all back together, though? Um, the pandemic. <laughs> I think that there have been so many times I was with another guy named Jim and I Porter. He passed away two years ago. Yeah. Man, I had 24 and a half wonderful years with him. Uh, I miss him like crazy. Uh, he was so easy to work with. Didn't always do things at a national recording artist level, but he didn't know, you know, and, and I got frustrated with that towards the end, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, we sometimes when you operate, when you operate out of thirst, Sometimes you're blind to the, the, the proper ways of doing things when you operate out of thirst. Um, I think doing, he would always be like, man, let's, you know, uh, let's, let's do this, man. Me, you can go out and get the same money. And, and when I would pitch it, it wouldn't be any difference in the money. So I didn't feel like dealing with, to me at the time, I felt like it was a headache. You know, going back to that, starting all over again, 
uh, having to, I don't want to say give up the lead, but having to retool everything when I already had a well-oiled, well-oiled system. Mm. Even though I'm going back to the original parts, that shit might not work as well as these new up these new parts that I got in. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and, and so, but during the pandemic, I was doing something called the Dave Tolliver Show. And then I started doing something called uh, Dave Tolliver Sanger's Room on Clubhouse, which got pretty, pretty, pretty huge. Karita would be on there sometimes judging. And uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays on Instagram and Facebook, I, I did uh, Tuesdays, I did a talent night and an independent artist. And on Thursday, I did my national artist. And uh, one day I interviewed him. It was a, a tell-all, a question, a talk, and for us to just put everything on the table because we had never did that, and we decided to just do it for the people. And mm -hmm. all people kept saying, well, when y'all getting back? When y'all getting back? When y'all getting back? When y'all getting back? And this was March of 20, and we was like, fuck it, let's try it. So uh, June of uh, Gerald's birthday, July 13th of 21, was the first day we got back in the studio in Cleveland, and it was like nothing had ever changed. The only difference was Gerald wasn't there. And 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 I was more prepared to do what we needed to do. And it came out like magic. And and the and the crazy thing, how we knew it was supposed to be was he kept Jason K. He was back on that, you know. I feel like God is I felt Gerald this I, I felt Gerald's spirit in here today, and he was telling us that it was gonna be okay. And that's how he talked when he going through his pastor mode. And you know, I I just feel that you know, God is saying something and he's this is putting us back together bigger than the music this time and and, da, 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 da. and he was like, we didn't have a title. And he was like, uh, the day was 713, which was also Jay Sean's birthday, which is Jason's brother, who was mm -hmm. written from everybody, uh, for everybody from Usher to Charlie Wilson to R. Kelly to Faith to everybody. And he said, hey, I don't know if you guys know, but uh, you know, sometimes producers send over titles to songs and the only thing that's on here is 713. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, well, I'm with you, dog. This was this was supposed to happen today, 7-13. So that was the, that was, that, that's what locked it. And we came up with 10 bangers. This is the, this, this is called Love Benefits. This is the, um, the fifth album. Um, Jason and I did three and me and my other guy, Jim and I, we did two. Uh, but this one right here is the best. I, man, a lot of, you know, it was it was a, it had a good run the first three or four weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, we had a sync licensing deal, man. You know, we realistically ran out of money with that shit. <laughs> it's there though. Have so have, have you ever had a real job like a, just a regular old nine to five? Yeah, I uh, so besides, I know you don't count radio as regular jobs, but in the midst of, of things of ups and downs, man, I uh, before I started, like I delivered pizza. <laughs> I mean, as a young boy, I delivered papers. I worked at Firestone. No, I'm, ta I'm talking about after minute large. Oh yeah, so yeah, I, I went. I moved to the Virgin Islands, man, for like about a year doing radio down there. I'm, I'm, a, I'm gonna get to it. And when I came back, shit was super slow, so I had to get a job. I got a job at Dun and Bradstreet doing collections, and I worked there for six months, and I was doing more turnover than anybody. They was getting ready to promote me to corporate collections. And when you do corporate collections with Dun & Bradstreet, you get a percentage of what you collect. Because I was the only person in that whole wave of people they hired that was collecting money every day. And Mike Matthews, the, the legendary, y'all know who Mike Matthews from Detroit, called me with a, to do a play with Ralph Tresvent, Kenny Holiday, uh, the heavyset ones from The Family, uh, Thelma from Good Times, um, and, and Big Red from The Five Heartbeats. Shit, we did that play for like a year and a half. And, and thus, I was back at it again. <laughs> How was Thelma? Man, she fine as hell. I just did a play with her God. a few months ago in um, in Nashville with Lil G from Silk, uh, gospel artist Paul Porter. Uh, it was a, a play called Child Support. And it, 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 it talked about how the laws were, you know, uh, are all fucked up for men that really want to do what they do and how, you know, you know, sign the birth certificate. Just the laws of child support, how they really not they really don't favor the men they really don't favor the kids either if you no. trying to jail them take it's their all license. About a bag. yeah yes. that's you've been through that right i'm in it now with a child that's 27 that ain't yours <laughs> not mine i signed the birth certificate I, I can't get out of it oh 
I pray for yeah, you, bro. So they, they holding up my passport. So it's like, you know, I, my wife keeps telling me not to go public with it, but I really do want to go public with it. And I might ignore her and like go public with it because I know it's somebody out there like a really like if I if I was gonna do like a military tour, mm. they could they could override that and I could go with them. Like I, I got a friend and she was like, yo, you singing at me and my husband's renewal. I know some people you'll be there. I was like, I, yeah, I already know about that. Uh, but you, if, if it's that, if I get military or government clearance, yeah, but besides that, I'm stuck. And if I go overseas, I ain't never coming back. Yo, <laughs> another thing I wanted to, uh, yo, you, I know you mentioned your pops, legendary, uh, especially in Cleveland, but there was a whole nother side of that relationship. With me and him? Yes. Yeah, so he really was my uncle. He was my mother's brother. But he raised me as his firstborn son. And, um, you know, man, <laughs> I, I, I had, uh, I found a track yesterday that my guy West now had did. And it has like the news clipping of them talking about him passing. And then I don't know how he got this footage, but he got uh, audio footage of me talking at the funeral saying, yeah, um, he didn't give me life, but he, he said, this, this is my uncle, but, it's really my dad. He raised me as his first son. He said, you know, he didn't give me life, but he gave me life. And I said, he didn't give me life, but he gave me life. You get it? And it's mm. playing. And then it, the track is, oh, it's sick. So me and my, my two little brothers, uh, Dave and Owen, we're going to get ready to do something to that and put that out. Yeah, man, it was a, he he was, he's everything to me. And I, I'm, man, I know after he, it's been a year and, it, and it's, uh, it hurts because he was my dad. Like the crazy thing is my biological father was a monster and I had to forgive him. And so, I mean, he was, man, he was fucked up. And um, from abuse to drug abuse to all kinds of stuff, you know what I'm saying? And now I'm in love with the guy. Um, I think one of the, the biggest things that hold us men back hmm. going forward is um, finding out who their fathers are. I think, it'll free a lot of these young men or these men my age that still have things against their father. Oh, punk ass, you know, talking that, that if you find out who they really were, like I found out that he went through the same thing I did. His father would just come home and just start beating everybody. Period. So in the sixties, fifties, that was, that, it, that was accepted, yeah. it was accepted culture, but he loves me. He's just, he's just going through things at work. He's, he's okay. Just go downstairs, kids. It'll be okay. So I'm saying if the man that took care of you and raised you and reared you and, and I mean, when I hear them talk about him, they talk about how great this man was. All I remember is him being mean. He died when I was 10 years old. All I remember is getting whoopings because he was, man, he was a mean dude. And uh, I had to forgive my biological father. I had to. Uh, and now we, we think it's Steve's and to the point like something happened to him. I, 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 my feelings would really be hurt, man. And and I and I tell people, especially when I talk to guys, you know, sometimes it's not the man's fault. Even though when you become a grown man, you know better, so you should do better. Sometimes it's it's things that 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 had hold them back from uh, from being a realist about who they were or uh, who they've been. Um, and like he would say to me, man, I already gave the gods. I don't give a fuck what you talking about. Man, he didn't apologize to me so many times. Now that we didn't got cool. Uh, and so, you know, I, I implore people to check your history, find out. Because there's so how I found out was I was sitting down at my cousin's house one day. It was after one of my great aunts died. My great aunt, so many mm -hmm. secrets. Great aunt oh, and great uncle man. died a year back to back. One was 94, one was 95. Had they had lived, they would have been married for 72 years. And she stepped out on him and had another baby and he stayed with her. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, shit like that. You know what I mean? So then she proceeded to tell me about how my grandfather was with my grandmother and with all the kids. And my grandmother did the same thing to him. And, you know, to the point where he would come home whooping on all them. And, and the father of the of the of the youngest daughter, who my grandmother and Mr. Ronald was like, pulled a gun on him and said, yeah, you can do that to all the rest of them. But mine. You ain't doing that to that. And then next thing you know, I hear that. That's how I found it out. So after that, it freed me because I understood. I was like, all right, this is who he is because 
that's what he was taught. And, and I just get, I, I can't, I couldn't get my mother back. I couldn't get those times back. I just wanted to find out why. And, you know, and thanks to my, my son, Kenny, because, um, you know, when I got married, my wife had a son and I've been with him since he was four years old. And I dare somebody to call me a stepdad because I don't play that shit. Um, you know, he's 25 now. And for the life of me, I couldn't understand why he still wanted to have a relationship with this mother that never did nothing but get his mom pregnant. I could, for the life of me, I couldn't understand why. But I do. You can't escape yeah. your DNA. You come yeah. from that person. So there, there's no way, no matter how mad or how much you hate that person, even if they do some of the most despicable things to you, there's going you, to always still be feel a that part connection. Of Man, you came out of them. You're a part of them. Yeah. There's no way that you don't want to know or you have this desire that comes out every time you get close to them or every time you throw, you hear their name. Yeah, you might be angry, but you still want resolve. You, you, you still do. Mm -hmm. So, and, and in the back, like, you know, sometimes you don't even know, like, I'm 51. Never in my life have I ever met my biological father. You want to, though, don't you? I would, man. Yes. So, and, and, and my, I have a sister that I, I don't know where she is, you know, and for a while they had, uh, they had, had locked up a lot of the birth records and different stuff like that. You might want to check with your, as much information as you can find out, you might want to check with your, um, uh, with, with the, uh, the the records, the the, the city, the, what is it called? The what's that department called? Shall we get your birth certificate? Oh, department of Health. No, nah, you can check there. You can check uh, city records, public records. Well, it, it ain't on my birth certificate. Yeah, wherever you get birth certificates, if you have any idea of the time where you know they might have been born or whatever, the parents and stuff like that, you you can look it up. You can go look it up, and then they have these. Um, there are a lot of like um, foster care and adoption agencies. Uh, one, I think, called the Purple Project out of Cleveland. Mm -hmm. uh, they were working with DMC on some stuff because he's a product of that as well. So it's like, uh, yeah, man. Or, or you can do that. I hear a lot of people have been uh, doing the uh, 23 and me. Um, you know, somebody told me I got a son in Detroit, but he like 30, like third, like, and I'm like, do the DNA. His name is Maximilian. That's funny. My uh, <laughs> I had a Chihuahua that passed away. That was his name. Yeah, Maximilian I was like, why you name that, like, that boy Maximilian? He he graduated from Michigan State with honors, all kinds of stuff. Like, I don't, you know, a lot of times, you know, you know, because of the genetics, you know, uh, you can have a, a light skin and a dark skin, and mm -hmm. and the baby come out caramel with green or gray eyes. You you know what I'm saying? Like it's crazy. Just you know, it's it's more than just a mother and father, you know, but the only resemblance I saw in him was um, he looked like my Lynn when Lynn was a teenager. That's, you know, when I saw some younger pictures of him, that's it. But, um, you know, shit, man, it is what it is. That Like, I'm here for it. Yeah, the whole you look like him shit. No, bro. Because it's somebody that look like me. Right. You know, like, I know for a fact that there is a cat. I don't know if he's still living or not. When I was a teenager, I used to go to Chicago for the summers with my cousins. And there was a dude, we was the same age, only this cat was a, a, a preacher at 13. And me and this dude, I swear, were, were, that was my, what they call it, doppelganger? Yeah. The dude was, we were, we were twins. Never met the guy. So. I seen him. I'm going to tell you this, what to help you out, that, that watch, uh, I don't know if you have, watch Kirk Franklin's documentary about his dad. Watch that. So I heard YouTube, about it. I haven't watched it. It's, it's going to pump you up and it's going to give you energy to try to find out for yourself. Because, man, you 51, I'm 53. It's like you, you there are a lot of things, questions, different stuff. Even now, you know, at this age, you know, you figure you're supposed to have it, supposed to know it. But, man, see it. It's still stuff that we don't know and it's stuff that we want to know. Somebody in Chicago know. Like for like for me, my mom had that had the baby like two to four years before me. But everybody that could give me actual factual was dead. Only thing I got is speculation, and it, I mean like it would be a hell of a what's the name? And like that my 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 family bought me uh, that DNA kit. There was mm -hmm. a twenty three and me one of them things. Man, mm -hmm. like about five or six years ago, I, I got a bad habit of getting gifts and not even touching them. Man, I don't know if it expired or not. It's sitting in the drawer. Man. <laughs> but I want to know though. 
it would be dope. The only other biological sibling I had died in um, 19. So it like, it would be really dope to, to find out. I believe she's one of my cousins. So I don't know. Wow. Yo. So, okay. Totally, totally. We ain't got but about 15 minutes left. But so hip hop. I know you're a hip hop fanatic. Oh God. Okay. Outside of Mob Deep and Nas. Um, who you Jay Z. Like, a matter of fact, what's your problem with hip hop today? I just like for me, I don't get into the Illuminati talks and all the uh, conspiracy talks and all that other stuff because I feel like I have the mouth or the the energy that will start to attract a lot of people. I, I don't want to be targeted by anybody, so I stay away from political talks, religious talks. Illuminati talk. Somebody mentioned that word. I just change it. I don't. I don't talk about it. Um, my biggest. My biggest thing with hip hop is just like I've, I've never seen where, you know, like I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of URL battle rap, and the first thing they talk about is pulling out the Tech Nine with nine bullets straight to your dome, yeah. push your head wig to your left side. Like, I get that. I, I do get it, man. But God, dog, it's it's so much more. I'd rather go back to the braggadocious type of raps that they first started out with, man. You know, I saw somebody making a really good, um, you know, conscious. And not, not that, you know, they saying now the crazy bone is because he talked about that meeting that they supposedly had to have with these people running the prisons that run the labels. And I, man, I ain't doing that. I'm just not. Hey, I'm, I'm just not doing that. So, um, who you fucking with battle rap wise? Because I fucked with URL. Man, Charlie Clips is my favorite, but uh DNA, uh Sue Surf, um, I love Hitman Holla. Um, what's the little fat dude's name? Um He looked like Steel. He looked like Steel from Juice. Him. Oh, it's a lot of them, man. Oh, oh, T Top. T Top, yes. I love him. I like uh I can't think of everybody's name off top, man, but Charlie Clips is my favorite. Uh, period. Yo, D- it, DNA's just criminally underrated, which don't make sense. I love he's DNA. battle everybody, been doing it forever. They just don't like him because he don't be talking about killing people all the time. I, I and and I and I applaud him for that. It's a bunch of cats, man. Uh, I like Chess, that little skinny black dude that your, like your man just keep throwing up though. Like he can't he can't actually finish a battle. Well, that's because he let me rap, let me rap. <laughs> let yeah, me rap. but you you gotta stop throwing up so you can rap, bro. Like when, when he gets so many cigarettes and stuff like that, man. These cats, that man, that right there with the adrenaline is hot in there. You know, cats are smoking like that dry air. Like I don't care what kind of shape you in. If you sitting up there, hey, yo, son, I cut your neck off and put it in your navel. I come through, I'm willing and able. Uh, yo, give me water. Let me rap, let me rap, son. And I, I like the other little light skin dude that always had a Hennessy be with Charlie Clips all the time. Oh, right? goods. Oh man, I love goods. Man, it's a lot of them. Um, you know, uh, it's a lot of them, man. I, I like uh, Hope Trilly. She from, uh, well, I think she from Philly, but she lived down here. Uh, girl, um, man, I, it's man, it's it's some, it's some good ones. I love battle rap, and I know uh, Nikki Smith. Uh, I'm no lady that works for them, and I missed out on my opportunity to go when they were down here, man. And uh, yeah, I love battle rap. Like I want to be on stage, like standing up on stage. Uh, stay, I want a stage pass. <laughs> well, you know what? From what I hear, and I'm not I like I'm the same thing. I missed the, I missed it when they came here. They, actually, they've been here a couple of times. To Cleveland? Uh, yeah. Man, I ain't even know because I would have flew home for that. Yeah, they've been to Cleveland a couple of times actually, wow. uh, and I can't remember because there's there's a guy here that was doing his thing for a minute, and it seemed like he I haven't heard his name, but I can't remember. Suave. I don't think it was Suave. So before URL, there was this thing in Cleveland called spit boxing. This dude named Suave Gotti used to do it, and I swear, if he had had it organized and filmed, he he would have been URL. Because the way he did it was so dope. It was like levels to the battle in there. You know, it was something written. Then it was, uh, you, you perform one of your own records. And then he had this garbage bag. And he would walk with it and be pulling it out. And you had to freestyle it while he was pulling stuff out the bag. I was like, Suave, if you can get this organized and filmed it, man, he would have been, he would have been URL. No cap. He would have been, he'd have been URL. 
I remember when I first came here, I was, uh, I can't remember this guy's name, but he would go to different colleges and do rap battles. And this was way before URL. And so he asked me, he would not only do rap battles, but he filmed like events. Like I remember he had me go down to, uh, I forget the club, but Jeezy was performing. And he Light skin? Yeah. I, I guarantee you it's Suave Gotti. I, I don't know. All I know is his wife was like, stop doing it, and he did. And he was just a real ass about the, the way he went about it. Oh, that and, ain't, that's not. Oh, my God. But this dude was, I had told, I'm like, dude, you on to something with this shit. Yeah. I'm like, bro, and he, like he had the, he had, he had the, the knowledge camera wise and the ability like he 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 captured it perfectly. I still got a couple of uh, DVDs upstairs. You had to send me like a little clip or call me on Facetime and let me see who it is, because I guarantee you I should know who that is, man. Because I only person I can think that knowledge of the film and that would go to rap battles and eat dudes is Suave Gotti. I can't think of nobody else. And there were, there was another cat here too that used to uh, you know, to do a lot of the battles. He never got to like URL. But like before that, that whole you know, it was probably when Smack was doing the DVDs. Probably about that same time. Man, I love battle. I love rap. And what I get back to the question: What I don't like about rap today is, I do like it. I'm I'm very. I get. I had an argument with Biz Markie one time about. He was like, if rap don't evolve, then it won't exist. I said, but Biz, what they do? He's like, listen. And we argued for like about an hour, man. God rest his soul. And I never got a chance to tell him that he was right because if they didn't allow rap to evolve to what it is now, it, it would have died. You know, like if they wouldn't allow Kirk Franklin to do what he did with, with gospel music, it, it wouldn't sell as much as it sells. Now, these cats wouldn't get the, you know, they wouldn't get mainstream airplay and different stuff like that. Things have have to evolve. We have to be open for change. And, you know, I, I you know, I, I, at the same time, I think uh, if, if the younger cats would be open to listening to the OGs about, like I talked to Pleasure P one time, and he was very receptive of, of what I said to him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, OG, good looking out. Thanks, Unc, you know, like that. Um, you know, if they would be receptive, and I hear a lot of, you know, talk sometimes, they say they don't know, they ain't got it, they corny, da da da, da you know, but... Um, See, the problem I, it, with it's, that, it's though, to tell them, is the OGs in hip-hop were exactly the same way. Exactly. Yeah, so now yeah. they look like leeches. Now they look like they want something, as opposed to trying to give something. And, and Buster Rhymes made a very strong statement. I, I don't know if it was the BET Awards where they paid tribute to him on the last one. He said, if the OGs don't look like shit, we can't tell the young niggas shit. They not going to listen. So it's a way you got to approach them, and it's a certain way you got to look. If you look like you fell way off, ain't nobody going to pay attention to you, man. You know what I mean? So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I have to agree with you on that one. If anybody want to reach out to you, man, they want to, they want to book you for a show. How do they go about doing that? Let me say this. I want to go to Detroit, man. I have not been to Detroit in a long time. I do a lot of solo gigs. Um, you know, I got a new body. I just lost like 80 some pounds, man. I'm trying to go show it off in some cities. I got solo <laughs> records. I got a, I got a new record out right now. It's called already on the R&B remix. Uh, it's a record on there from from me, Monifa, uh, Shy, uh, High Five, The Jets, Allure, um, and some other people. It's some '90s artists uh, all on there, and uh, it's it's actually if you, anybody are watching, that's a Grammy or NAACP uh, voter. We are up for um, not the nomination, but the uh, for consideration of Grammy nomination. So I need people to go vote. This is my fourth time getting the consideration for a Grammy. I just want to at least get the nomination one time before I get out of here. I don't got to have the award. Wait a minute. So they vote to, yeah, to for you to have the opportunity to get voted on? The first one is to get the nomination. It's just like the presidential election. Uh, you know, you, you got to run and then you get the nomination and then you got to actually win the race. So, well, two ballots. Hmm. Yeah. I did not know that. 
We up, same thing with the NAACP. We up for that too. This will be the second time I'm up for consideration for NAACP award and uh, for the nomination. And, and I'm also up for the uh, nomination for uh, up for consideration for the Grammy with the album uh, with the guys. I've done it twice. Uh, once by myself with a record called Home, once with his last album with Minute Bars for a record called In My Feelings, uh, and two times with this album already on, uh, the, the one from the year before last, and then mm -hmm. this time. This is the this is the third one they've done. So, but if cats want to reach out, they want to book me, just hit up large at gmail.com, large at gmail.com, at the minute large. At Dave Minute Large, you know what I'm saying? Anything Minute Large, if you search it, it'll take you to where you need to be. Look for the social media platforms for Minute Large or for, you know, Dave Tolliver. And uh, I want to go to Detroit. So if your, if your people is listening to Detroit, I want to come to Detroit. I've been telling Corita, book me a day. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, bro, that the, Rita, Montez, where y'all at? And let me tell you this, too. I came home one day. Uh, last time I was in, we did a tribute this summer. And I, I came home and I started watching Tubi. Man, Detroit got Tubi on lock. Murder Pain. Man, I love Murder Pain, oh my, dude. Whoo, my goodness. Murder McGraw Pain. Av. Man, McGraw. No. I'm not waiting on the third season. What they waiting you, you, for? You and me both. Although, I saw a post from him yesterday and it had the hashtag uh, 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 season three, McGraw Av. And he got a movie called Lawnmower Man out. Like, I can't find it. It's supposed to be, I want to see it. Like, I, I'm, I'm actually, I got his director, Thomas Harris, coming on next month. Yeah, man. Let me know so I could be on there and be like, Thomas Harris, I want to be in, I want to be in some of the movies. Like, I heard that, uh, that Icewear, how you say his name? Icewear Vezo. Man, damn shit. I just bail shit. with a Yo, that's a Fago split, yo. We get to stomping alpha beta shit. Man, I love that dude. Man, yeah, then I went man. home and my little cousins is playing it at the barbecue Labor Day. I'm like, yeah, they playing Vezo all day. Yo, man. Yeah. Yeah, Vezo is <laughs> like, and he is talk about a work ethic. Like that dude puts out a shitload of music. I like him. Yeah, I like I fucks him. with Vezo. I fucks with Vezo. It's it's Pretty like I said, heavy. everything in rap is not horrible. It's just, it's too much. It's, my my thing is, it's too much copycat shit going on. Yeah. In our day, we want to be like we want to be like them, and they want to be like us. We want to be our own entity. And I said, those that come out and start doing something different, like I, when I sit on panels, I tell cats, "Yo, we all got to drive on the same freeway, but we don't have to drive the same car." Same lane. I said, "Be same. different. Yeah. Be be different. Like stand out like a herpes sore on the light skinned dude's <laughs> face." Like, if it was a bump on my lip right now, that's all y'all would be focusing on, this bump right here on my mouth. Be like, this nigga got yo, herpes. Yo, <laughs> you horrible for that one. But I <laughs> yo, New Jack Swing, do you do, do you think that it uh, aged well? Yeah, I think it did because it's, people are people are coming back and revisiting it with the tracks. Every time my daughter played me something new, it's something, oh, you know, I, I love... Um, Hitmaker, because he's he's going back and revisiting all of the not New Jack Swing per se, but hell, I wish they would loop one of my records. <laughs> Somebody called me the other day about doing So Alone. These Jamaican dudes did something with So Alone, but they never put it out. And um, you know, um, I, I think it did. We on this new album, Love Benefits. Our very very first record was Use Me, and we mm -hmm. got Use Me 2022, and with Warren Campbell did it. Another Detroit dude, Erica Campbell from Mary Mary's Husband, Baby Dub, he did it. And it sounded like Teddy Riley did it. You know what I mean? We got Mr. Uh, Talkbox on it. It's a dope record, man. So we pay homage to, to New Jack. So I think it did age well. And um, you can hear it. They out there still doing it. All right. No doubt. Um, on that note, man, I'm going to let you go. I know you got shit to do, man. I just want to thank you so, 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 so much, man, for Anytime. stopping by. Yo, very dope conversation, bro. Next time uh, I come home, we go out to hang out. Everything on you. Hit me up, bro. I will. You, you lost 80 pounds. Number. I can afford it. <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> get my number from Corita and let, let's chop it up, man. For sure. All right, let's, I got you. Let's get some of these Detroit dates, though. Oh, no doubt, bro. I got you. All right, salute, man. Thank you. All right, man. Salute, man. Have a good yeah. one. You too.
Yo, y'all already know, man. This has been Jobs, and it's been another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio. Come on, man. Yo, very dope conversation, man. But then again, it's pretty much all we have around here. Um, who we got next week? I want to say I got two interviews next week. I might have a surprise interview, a part two interview tomorrow. Um, I'm not 100% sure. I'll keep y'all posted. Maybe I won't. Anyway, next week is what, the 19th? And so we got uh, Kevin Tolbert and we got Anthony Thompson, uh, one of the stars of Love and Marriage Detroit, will be on at 5 o'clock. Kevin Tolbert is the 12th district chairman in Michigan. Yes. All right, we got that for Matter of fact, and I want to say he works for uh, the, the UAW. So that should be interesting because I got questions. I got questions. Anyway, um, after that, we got Brandon Smith and Christina Smith, um, also from Love and Marriage Detroit. That's going to be one. And Nuri Muhammad will be here on the 26th at 7 o'clock. So stay tuned, man. Yo, and I got the Glasses Malone interview dropping tomorrow at 5 o'clock. Yo, you definitely want to check that one out. It will be on the YouTube channel, Intellectually Petty Radio. And it's a great, great conversation. Uh, on that note, man, I'm out of here. Y'all have a good one, man. Uh, much love. And I'll see y'all next week.